It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. Well, Dan, if there's one thing I learned this week, is that only bad people own vans. That's true. <laughs> I used to own a van. I'm a very bad person. Well, there you go. Only bad people own vans. And that was in the very beginning of this movie, and it was said by a woman who I feel probably had a van. Yeah. She seemed like the soccer mom type. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of confused as to uh, why she was hating so hard on vans. Maybe she should have been more specific. Only bad people have conversion vans. Yeah, or windowless creep vans, or <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, well, this is the B-Movie Breakdown, a podcast where we uh, discuss uh, lesser-known and uh, low-budget films of the past and present. This week's movie, Creep Van, is from 2012, just recently hit Netflix. I'm Corey. I'm DRC. Uh, you can find us at our website, bnbpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at bnbpodcast. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, that helps us out the most. You can also email us with suggestions at bnbpodcast at gmail.com. Also, throw your suggestions over there on Twitter as well. And uh, we're on that Facebook. The Book of Faces? Yes, we're on that. And uh, you can also listen to us on Stitcher as well as, uh, I mentioned, iTunes and our website. But, yeah, okay. So the concept of, cr- of the creep van alone is, is hilarious. Like, oh, this rape van thing. And it reminded me of an one of the episodes from Workaholics in the first season. They were inside their friend Carl's van, who's also their drug dealer. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what? He's like... Why is there rape written on the side of this van, Carl? He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, so nobody would break into it. He's like, because people will tend to stay away from van that says rape written on the side of it. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so that, that's like all I could think about the whole time was was um was that. But okay, in the beginning, when that little boy, when I was mentioning the only bad people own vans thing, little boy has the ball that goes under the thing. So like, what's the mom's deal here? Only bad people. Only bad people have vans. Don't ever go near a van. But if it's a car, it's okay. <laughs> you can get in. Look, that guy's got candy for you. You know he's trustworthy. Yeah, he's got candy and he's in a car. We can get in his car, but not if, if it's a van. No, <laughs> that's what I took away from that. He's got some fruity pop that'll make you dizzy. <laughs> Calls it Jesus juice. <laughs> <laughs> Must have got his supply from Michael Jackson. <laughs> He gives me juice boxes that make me sweepy. <laughs> okay, one thing about this movie, I did enjoy certain aspects of it. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was. It was cheesy, B-movie, grindhouse especially the opening credit sequence. I really <laughs> loved that. One, I have one huge question, and it, it has bugged me since yesterday when I watched the movie. What the fuck's going on in the doghouse? <laughs> I love that. I love it. It's better that we don't know because you could just try to fill in the blanks or just realize that, my God, there's no way I could fill in these blanks. It's got to be that <laughs> fucked up. Because there is the main character, Campbell. He the whole thing, the whole movie is about this guy, Campbell, and he's like a he's like a kind of a loser and he can't keep a job. Happy go lucky loser. Yeah. Happy go lucky loser. And he can't keep a job and he gets a job at a car wash. But his one big issue is that he doesn't have a vehicle, so he's constantly riding the bus, is making him late for things, whatever. So he sees uh, a van that's for sale, 
The creep van. The creep, which is the creep van. And I, <laughs> I don't understand why the creep van guy picks him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for somebody who just goes around and, like, kills people, like, ten seconds after meeting them or, you know, doing some other shit. It seems like an awful lot of trouble to go through. Especially because, spoiler alert, at the end, he doesn't know him and there seems to be no connection between them. Like, they're they're purposely, like, trying to hide the creep's face the whole time, making you think, like, okay, this I thought guy it was must be, be like somebody the... will know, or yeah. somebody Campbell will know, and explain it in the flashback then. But no, he's nobody, so why is he doing this? Why is he wasting so much time on this one guy? Maybe... Well, God just hates well, Campbell. Well, I feel that maybe this was, like... Uh, a trashy Detroit version of Saw. With a <laughs> jigsaw killer. But instead of all these elaborate things, he just has a creep van. <laughs> and that's how he kills everybody. Instead of, you know, putting them through some sort of test or something like that. Just uh, get inside the creep van. That's the test. If uh, you get inside or not. Oh, uh, I just saw the Aqua Teen rerun last night where somehow Meatwad signed all of them up for the military and then... Because that's legal. So... <laughs> Frylock decided to uh, flee to Canada to get out of it, only to get captured by a jigsaw ripoff guy who's holding him prisoner in a barn in the woods. He's like, <laughs> welcome to Canada, Frylock. The key to get out of your bonds is, impl- is implanted in your skull before you was half a grapefruit and a spoon. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yeah, but back to the doghouse thing. The guy Campbell, he lives with his friend Bob, and I guess his girlfriend... Uh, I don't know what his girlfriend's name was. I can't Danny. Remember. Danny, okay. So Bob and Danny live with Campbell. Uh, they kept making it seem like it was Campbell's place. I really don't know how he could afford it. I assume that they all go in on it mm-hmm. in some sort of way. I thought it was just Bob's house, and he was living there. But then his friend Bob... I think it is Bob's house. Is, well, his friend Bob, multiple times, is in this dog house that is outside the house. Doing what? I have no idea. He's wearing a Mexican wrestling mask most of the time when he's in there. Mm. And a couple times he walks by and the whole house is like shaking. <laughs> and then when the police are investigating murders, they have caution tape around the doghouse. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. What's going on with that? Especially since they found both their bodies inside the house and not the doghouse. But then they tell the guy like, oh my God, you got to get a look in here. Like, huh? And they just cut away, and they never show it. Like, what? Oh my god, what? <laughs> like, all I can think of was maybe he was, like, fucking a dog in there, and he fucked it to death. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know what was going on in the doghouse. There was so much time spent in the doghouse. Bye, Bob. See, what I think would be nice is, you know, they just... There's obviously no way two humans could fit in there and be fucking, so obviously he's got some kind of, like dimensional warping going on or it's a lot bigger on the inside than it is on the outside like this old episode of a pup named scooby-doo where like they go inside scooby's doghouse and it's this fucking hundred room mansion yeah that, it also reminds me of uh, national lampoon's loaded weapon one they go inside of Emilio Estevez's trailer oh yeah it's a mansion yep, yep. on the inside <laughs> <laughs> yeah i honestly i don't I don't know, like, that was just insane, though. The whole thing with the doghouse, I, I was laughing so hard, especially when they, they investigated it, and they were like, oh, my God. And the one guy looked like he was going to throw up. I was just like, what is in the doghouse? Oh, I love that, though. I lo- <laughs> that's, that's something I don't mind them leaving gaps on, because it's funny Oh, oh definitely, way. definitely. But not, not the whole, 
who was the creep? Why was he doing this? What the hell did any of this have to do with anything? Because really, nothing had to do with anything. I get... He was killing all these people, and, and that's one thing I liked about the movie, is the pacing of the killing. Uh-huh. I mean, there's movies like this where, okay, maybe somebody dies in the very beginning, and then you don't see another one, or they don't do anything for like 45 minutes or so. Or Ghoulies 3, with their massive body count of three, one of them being <laughs> the villain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and the, this, this movie had a decent number of, uh, you know, body count while still trying to build somewhat of a story. There there really isn't much of a story, but that's okay, because I still felt, I still enjoyed the movie. Because it really, it is what we explained. It's Campbell, he's a loser, he works at a car wash, he starts falling in love with this Amy chick. Well, I love the beginning when they're showing, like, his previous attempts at employment yes yes like he gets hired as a pizza delivery driver but he doesn't have a car so he takes that's the, the one thing the one thing you'd make sure somebody would have if they're going to be a delivery driver so he's trying to take the bus to deliver pizzas and he's like late and he can't figure out where he's going anyway like don't you think pizza places now have a computer there so that you can map quest shit so that you don't fuck up but he's on a payphone trying to figure it out then he just eats the pizza and like oh fuck it like well, there you go, asshole. And then he was also a male escort. Yeah, like, he comes up to this chick's house with, like, his shirt, like, almost completely unbuttoned, except for maybe the very bottom button, and he comes to the door, and some, uh, skeezy-looking cougar chick answers the door, and he reaches in his pocket for some reason, I don't know why, and a bunch of condoms fall out. Then she looks at him in disgust and slams the door yeah. in his face, like, Fuck you! You wear condoms? What is this, the 90s? <laughs> Come inside me, bitch! <laughs> Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. I was like, why was she so pissed about... And then what did that have to do with him having a car? Because he mentions that right over she shuts the door. He's like, I really need to get a car. <laughs> like, like, what would the escort thing... Like, was he supposed to take her somewhere? <laughs> like, I don't really understand what was going on and why she was so pissed at all the condoms. Or maybe he was just only supposed to be an escort, and that's it. Like, he, there was no sex was supposed to be involved. They should have explained that then, but <laughs> I kind of like it better now that you say it like, you know, you got condoms? Fuck you. God, I need a car. Why? I just, I do. <laughs> yeah, it was really bizarre the way he said that like that. Uh, and I, you know, I really liked a lot of the kills in the movie. The first one being the teen stealing the van for whatever reason they wanted this crappy ass oh, van. Yeah. Well, I thought they wanted to break into it and try to steal things out of it rather than steal the van itself. Possibly, yeah. But, like, they're fighting like hell to get this window down. So, once they do get it down enough, why wouldn't any sane, rational person reach in, unlock the door, and open the door? No, I'm going to crawl in <laughs> through this narrow fucking opening. Oh, now I got cut in half. <laughs> Yeah, the window cuts him in half. It's all like, boo I don't know how... I, the window looks like a pretty normal window, unless there was like a an edge on the window that was a blade or something like that. I'm really not sure how that was cutting people in half or and whatnot. And I also loved how the van landed on the other kid. It like jumped in into the air. Well, all these people just don't know how to run from a fucking vehicle, especially a beast like that. Like, you know what? Run to the left or right and start running the opposite direction is going to be very hard for it to turn around <laughs> and follow you. And if it does, do it again. It's going to take even longer. And then, you know what? Just cut through somebody's yard. <laughs> Yeah, the van ends up landing on that one kid. I, I thought. Oh yeah, like it just jumped. he runs down a dirt path into the forest, which conveniently is big enough for a car to come down. <laughs> oh, I tripped and fell on the path, and now the van somehow catches some major air and lands on top of me. And uh, 
Oh, uh, Campbell, we were mentioning about how his previous jobs, at his job he had before the car wash thing, What his the reason he got fired was because he was caught stealing porno mags from a store that didn't carry porno mags. <laughs> it was just that the, the, the person who ran the store headed out for him or something like that. I could see that. Because I've yeah, actually oh, yeah. known people that got fucked over like that by yeah. shitty bosses. And uh, and I love how the lady at the unemployment thing, because I've had to deal with that before, and it was a total bitch, and that's exactly how the people that work at any sort of unemployment office, they're always like in like the worst mood ever. Because honestly, it's probably one of the worst jobs ever, dealing with all that stuff all day long, and half the people that don't speak English and have to point to a sign to tell you why why they're here and stuff like that and <laughs> and the insanity that's inside of one of those offices is just is just so much so I can understand oh. them so they got that uh, that part pretty well done the whole um unemployment lady her being like a total like bitch to Campbell about his new job and I don't even know why like she like even recommended him a job that if she was so pissed off at him like, I just didn't, I kind of thought that was kind of weird. Like, she was so, uh, she was just like, oh, your resume sucks. Like, they went through the thing and, like. Maybe uh, she just knew it was a shitty job, so, like, here, take this to punish him. Yeah, well, yeah, he ends up getting a job at Muffy's Mufflers. Oh, yeah. Smelling good, good since, since 1969. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, it's just, like, the voice the he works has, like, these, like, idiot employees and he's honestly probably the best one the other guy two guys are these stoners they're you know playing basketball with towels and he tries to fit in and he can't because he's just kind of awkward and i don't know they just don't want anything to do with him i guess because he tries to play basketball with them at the one point when they're like playing towel basketball he's mm-hmm. like oh pick and roll pick and roll and they'll just look at him like oh fuck you and they just kind of walk off the woman amy okay it was very weird how, like, she, like, ended up hooking up with him. Mm-hmm. I felt their their progression was very odd. It was, at first, she didn't want to date anybody that didn't have a vehicle. And if they had a vehicle, if it was that a creepy van, she was definitely not going to date anybody like that. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's like, oh, if you ever came back with that van, I definitely wouldn't go on a date with you. <laughs> oh, even though you know he's a pretty nice guy and everything, but because the guy can't find another vehicle for, for the life of him... And, and he has to get this cheap-ass well, one, and you're not going to give him the time of day. Maybe she just doesn't go out much and is just, you know, stuck with the idiot she works with, and obviously you wouldn't want any of those other losers. So, you know, just used to the, oh, you work here, so you must be a shitty person, and then, oh, wait, well, eh. Or either that or just, well, my options are pretty limited. Time <laughs> to lower my standards. Basically. Because <laughs> she ends up kind of, like, you know, flirting with him. They go on, like, what seems to be a possible maybe a couple dates and he invites her over the one time and I like she's like you knew my weakness beer <laughs> like he mentions like oh I just got these this new six pack it came straight from the brewery or, or so apparently he has some sort of hookup at a local brewery <laughs> and, why isn't he working at the brewery yeah, exactly I don't know and then she's like, no, I'll pass. And she's like sitting at home, debating on calling him, debating on calling him. And she ends up going back over and she's like, oh, you knew my weakness. <laughs> I was like, beer? I was like, all right. And then... With chicks, it's usually wine or wine coolers, but okay. And then she she has literally a sip and he's like, are you feeling buzzed yet? <laughs> and she immediately goes, oh, I'm feeling some tingling. Like, oh my God, really? So then they go for like this... <laughs> 
this, you know, really deep makeout, and then, like, he goes to try to, you know, take her clothes off, like, whoa, I'm not that easy. Well, you basically just jumped on his dick. Yeah, you basically came over and said the thing that is your weakness is booze, and you just jump <laughs> all over him and... Uh, just play the, the slutty college girl trying to act like she's not slutty thing, like, oh my god, I'm so wasted, like, I'm not a slut or anything, but if some guy whipped his dick out, like, I'd totally suck it. <laughs> well, she was that, except for the sucking part, because she was not going, uh, doing any sort of thing like that, especially on she their might've. first rendezvous. Might have later, we don't know, they didn't show it. She just left. No, later. Oh, later on in the movie. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, they ended up banging. Uh, they alluded to that. Like, she lets him in her house, and she's like, you better not make me f- regret this, or whatever. <laughs> so. Oh, that was ass to mouth. <laughs> or ass to ass. Okay. They might have went, they might have just, you know, she had a double-sided dildo, and she just busted it out. Oh, God. They went, <laughs> they went ass to ass. <laughs> I call this one finger cuffs. <laughs> you know, and they, the big black one is Tyrone. <laughs> they could have, you know, they could have maybe had something going on with uh, Danny and Bob. A little swinger action going on. I'm sure Danny and Bob would have been all about it because their sex life was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but Danny was such a bitch. I don't think she would have just on principle, like, no, not with them. Get a couple bums off the street. <laughs> or those those potheads from the car wash. I'll do that, but not them. I don't know. I think Campbell maybe could have had, had his way with Danny or possibly did it at some point in time. Maybe. She just walked around the house. Oh, yeah. Did. With her tits hanging out. and just, <laughs> While she walks around and berates him. Such a loser, Campbell. Yeah, Look she, at my nipples. She might have got off on that. Like, yeah, fuck me, you loser. Yeah, I could see that. You know, she was a crazy bitch. She was pretty crazy. Their sex life was pretty weird. She was throwing darts at his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish there would have been more of that. They're, they really needed to show more of that because it was just so ridiculous. They're just like, uh, fire darts at his crotch and, like, go down on him while he's trying to order a pizza and, like, oh, I have a c- coupon. <laughs> Oh no! He was going down on her. Oh right, right. And then she's like, and then he go, he gets up from going down on her, and he goes, "Don't forget to mention the coupon." <laughs> <laughs> or they're just you know ridiculous, like over the top pumping, just ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really ridiculous. Uh, and they had mentioned it, and their sex scene came right after. For some reason, Campbell gets back in the car with Amy, and he goes. Rated R for strong sexual content. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't even understand why he said that, but then they cut to the sex scene, so I was like, all right, I guess this makes sense. It was kind of uh, odd. Uh, you know, we, you were getting a little trapped, but back to some, some of the killings, uh, there was the one with the biker, and I... Yeah, just out of nowhere. You, Creek Van's driving down the road, finds a guy with his motorcycle broken down, he waves, the guy stops, he gets in... And then immediately the guy just starts blah, blah, blah on his head off. Like, really? You get a ride from a stranger and you just... Blah, 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 like, oh my God, shut up. I was so glad he killed him. <laughs> Seriously. Because, like, not only does he keep harassing him without, like, a single word of response or encouragement, he, like, goes and says something and then, like, grabs the, the creep's hand off the steering wheel to, like, slap hands with him. You don't do that to somebody while they're driving, you fucknut. Yeah, he, uh, and I, we also learned that bikers hang out at Starbucks. Oh, yeah. He's like, if I pull up at Star- Starbucks without a Harley, everyone's just gonna make yeah. fun of me. Everybody's just like, you gotta have a Harley, gotta have a Harley. When did that become a rule? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, 
And then he, I'm not going to buy one of them foreign things either, riding around on that Jap crap. And then he, and then he told that story about eight tracks. And then he kept mentioning cassettes and eight tracks. Yeah, and songs. He's was... like, "Don't get me wrong, I love knocking at your back door." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of kind of a weird conversation. The dude was super annoying, and I did like when he got stabbed. Though he was just like, "Dude, yeah." <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, the acting in this movie, uh, I would say, is quote, quotes around this superb <laughs> because it's definitely, uh, you know, just a group of people, friends and whatnot, it seemed like, made this movie together. Uh, they, I guess a lot of the people were also involved in a movie called Gag. I haven't seen that. I watched the trailer for it after watching this movie. All the same people, Amy, that chick, um, a bunch of other, you know, <laughs> Uh, I think the dude who played Campbell was also in it. I don't know if he was somebody who. Like, no, I'll have to look theirs. at that. Yeah, I'll, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing gag. It says that the guy who played Campbell, Brian Cologe, he was attending law school when he acted in this film. <laughs> uh, this is uh, a little bit more trivia here. I'll go through real quick. The scene with the van driving into the house was done in a single take. Moreover, four cameras were rolling for this particular scene. The titular van is a 1975 Ford Ecoline. The Swami Ted was inspired by Ted Nugent, obviously. He was even wearing a Ted Nugent shirt at mm. one point in time. Though Ted Nugent really isn't that type of guy. He's, no. not, he's not really uh, like a hippie type of guy. No. So I don't. that's kind of weird. He kind of looked like Ted Nugent-ish, I guess. Uh, Bob's house was actually a set built in a garage. The Creeps remote control device was purchased at a local Target department store. <laughs> the police officer extras at Bob's house were real police officers. And the unemployment scene was shot in a high school. And it kind of did look like a high school, now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really look too much like an office. No, definitely not. <laughs> I, but I like that those police officers were real, and those were the ones that looked inside the... <laughs> <laughs> that was their scene, the whole doghouse thing. Hopefully, I wonder if those FBI guys or whatever, and that was weird too, those FBI people that showed up, I really didn't Yeah, like, that. they didn't identify themselves, so I was like, wait, these guys aren't real, are they? This is gonna be some kind of plot or ploy by the creep or somebody else. Yeah, and then when Campbell was trying to find the vehicle, he was just like, I'll find something, I'm not homeless. And like, he's like, what is that I'm not mean? homeless, really. Like, you okay, know, and, the more you protest, the more you sound and, like and then, you like, are. the way she made it sound and the like, he made it sound... I was like, do people think that people without cars are automatically homeless? <laughs> Some people do, I think. And honestly. this is before they ever showed his actual house, so I was just like, well, maybe he is, because he keeps emphasizing yeah, yeah. How, how that he is definitely <laughs> not homeless. I was like, okay. That's... And then he rides the bus to the end of the line and passes out, and the bus driver has to wake him up and kick him off. I was like, oh, he's definitely homeless. And then he comes back to the place like, oh, well, why'd you do that then? <laughs> I also liked when Campbell was uh, being blatantly super racist towards the one black guy. Hey, bro, you best get back to work, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, I love when he went across the street to eat at JB's Tacos. He has a running with the creep for no reason, because, like, he's like, oh, excuse Maybe me. Maybe that's why he killed him, because he fucking spilled his fucking <laughs> food. I guess that's as good a reason as any, but, like, that, <laughs> that part kind of threw me, because it was like, Wait, if he knew this guy like I was thinking he did, then like he would have recognized the person and said something, but he didn't. So it was just like, I don't know why they did that. Like, if they wanted to show that the creep was following him, 
they could have just shown him like from his point of view, like peering behind a newspaper mm-hmm. at him, which would have been better. And it would have, I don't know. I just think there should, there should have been some kind of connection with him and the creep somehow, or more of a reason for I was doing his shit. But anyway, he goes to fill up his drink. He's just like, I'll take two tacos and a water. He goes to fill up his drink at the fountain, and the water's brown coming into his cup. Like, it wasn't pop. He wasn't stealing pop. It was, like, light brown. I was like, what the fuck? Detroit's filthy. <laughs> oh, yeah, they definitely made Detroit. And then they filmed it all in Detroit, too. So, I mean, they made Detroit look like Detroit. Well, part of it was Detroit. They said in the credits they used how many different towns besides that, actually. Really? Uh-huh. Hmm. I thought but all, still, it... I thought a lot of it, almost all of it was from the Detroit, but I guess I didn't read that part, so oh, I'm wrong. Uh, I like the part with the hot chick that wanted the van. Oh, yeah, her number, Marie, 555-6942. <laughs> I, I don't even understand why this hot chick would even want this van in the first place. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I and then when she goes to see the guy, she's just like, mind if I give it a test drive? He's hiding behind one of the open back doors and just reaches out and gives her a thumbs up. Like, <laughs> really? You're trusting this guy in this shitty van? Yeah, and then he uh, flips a switch, the seatbelt starts like cutting off circulation to her, starts cutting her shoulder up for whatever reason. Metal seatbelt straps, I guess. I don't then really a, get it. a giant meat-tenderizing hammer <laughs> Flips open and cracks her. Yeah, in the head. it was like a meat tenderizing hammer. It, it looked like, like one, but spiked. it really was just a block of wood with nails coming out of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I he paused it at one point because I was like, "Is that a meat tenderizer they're just whacking in the head?" Oh no, it just was a block of wood with nails coming out the top of it. <laughs> well, okay. that's even better. And then I love how nobody heard her scream. Oh yeah. She's, they're like in a yeah, parking yeah. lot of like a store. <laughs> they weren't even anywhere like private. It just goes to show you, kids, if you're a creep, you can get away with doing creepy things anywhere at any point in time. <laughs> I also love the line about the van uh, that it was a poster child for rape prevention. <laughs> Why is that rape prevention? It's more like, oh, rape is out there. Rape awareness, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> A van where people could get raped, that makes me think of rape prevention. <laughs> a rag with chloroform on it, rape prevention. A drink with roofies in it, rape prevention. A dark alleyway, rape prevention. Just like a plate of spaghetti with Alfredo sauce makes me think of dieting. <laughs> oh, and then we were talking about the hot chick. There was that other chick, too, that walks up to the van. I don't even understand why she even walked up to the van. She's like, nice tunes, man. And, like, walked oh, yeah. up to the van. And that was a really weird scene, too. Her, head's, her head ends up getting smashed in the door. I honestly liked all the deaths, like the effects and stuff like that. I thought they did a really good job for being such a low-budget movie. You know, her her head gets smashed in the door. It's all bloody and gushy. The girl's shoulder's getting cut up. It's all gushy and, like, gross. And the girl gets smacked in the head. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, also, there was a cameo in this movie by Lloyd Kaufman uh-huh. of uh, Trauma fame. I believe they named the car wash boss Mr. Kaufman after him, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he comes in, he's, like, uh, jumping Jesus on a pogo stick. And bitching about how they washed his car and they didn't do a good enough job and they need to do it again. They finally show it. It looks like it's covered in actual shit. And he's just like, oh no, this is like this from yesterday. Hookers had nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that line. I love that. Hookers had nothing to do with this. That was fucking great. Yeah, nice little cameo by Lloyd Kaufman. I, I mean, he's uh, you know the king of independent and B-movies, so definitely uh, obvious, pretty obviously... 
supporting uh, some other smaller movie like this. So I thought that was pretty cool. The hippie on the phone. That was a really weird scene with Swami Ted on the oh, phone. Yeah. Originally, when you first introduced the Swami Ted, the whole character I thought was very weird. I didn't really understand his him because he was like a douchebag, but he was a hippie, but he hated Campbell, but he liked uh, him, and then he like wanted nothing to do with him, but then wanted to help him. Well, he it starts was, off getting his getting his car finished, washed up or whatever, Porsche, and like yeah. he. He has, like, a Rubbermaid tub with not just a big, like, duffel bag, which is apparently full of weed, but other crap in there, too. And Campbell goes to give him his stuff, but he's too busy yelling at somebody on the phone, so he just sets it down next to him, and the dumbass leaves it behind. And meanwhile, he's like, life is suffering, motherfucker, which is actually <laughs> a uh, a Buddhist belief. But, you know, he's going on and about, well, I don't care, you better goddamn pay what you owe me and you're not building me any more shit well anyway tell mom i said hi like <laughs> oh god yeah and you know you were mentioning how there was no relation to campbell and the creep uh why did he call campbell multiple times yelling at him on the phone yeah and it was weird too because like i tried to listen in to like hear it was being said but they weren't like speaking real words it was almost like charlie brown where yeah, the adults yeah, just yeah. all sound like wah 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 but he called him and, like, yelled at him on the phone multiple times about buying the van. He's yeah, like, and then he calls like, up Bob to yell at him, too. Like, he really just wants him to buy the van, like, you know. Oh, wait, he, I don't care if he owes you money, motherfucker. Quit bothering me, you know. And he's, yeah, it was very, very odd. Like, oh, this is what this creep does. He, he harasses people on the phone uh, while also creeping around the town murdering people. I thought that was just, it was really just kind of weird that he would just fucking call up and start bitching them bitching him out for whatever reason uh one one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie actually was around the time right after swami ted's introduction was the girl at the gas station oh yeah and her fight scene with the mechanic I, yeah this is so weird because like they bring in like these interesting characters only to just kill them it's like i'm glad they're in there but why have them if you're just gonna do this like <laughs> this blonde chick with like these dreadlocks she looked like she'd be kind of a punk or tough or something and this fat guy's Trying to tell her that, oh, you've got all this shit wrong with your van and you need how many thousand dollars worth of repairs and I'm going to call the police and report you if you don't take it because you can't drive it around. You know, that typical rape job bullshit that skis ball mechanics will try to give you. So then she just proceeds to kick the shit out of him with karate, kung fu or whatever, yeah. and like wrap her legs around his neck and try to choke him out. And like, now you're going to give me just the repairs I asked for. I'm going to kick your ass. And she lets him go. And as soon as she gets off the hood of the car, she was choking him on, takes a couple steps. The creep just plows her into a building. <laughs> no damage to the van at all from no. plowing into a building. But, you know, cuts her body right in half, ripped apart. And then he goes, uh, that's what you get, punky Brewster. And then the creep kills him, too. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. And, like, though. it's like they're, like, facing a street. Nobody notices this at all. <laughs> no. And there's not, like, an ongoing investigation around the town about multiple murderers. It's almost like when we were watched a Bloody Birthday. Yeah. Like Police do not give a fuck. <laughs> like the cops in this town also. There was I guess I could kind of buy it because it's Detroit, but uh, definitely not in Bloody Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of these killings and stuff are right out in the open, and I don't, I don't even know what he does, what the creep does with any of these bodies, especially the ones that are in his van. Does he have like a meat grinder in the back of his fucking 
van, some sort of machine that he just tosses the See, bodies I think into. he's hooked up with the guy from Blood Car. <laughs> he just gives them to him, throws them in his trunk with the whirling blade, chops them up, uses their blood for gas. <laughs> oh, and when they first introduce Danny, they never say who she is or anything. All of a sudden, there's just a naked chick walking around the house. Mm-hmm. You don't even know that it's Bob's girlfriend or wife or whatever at this point. You're just like, what? who the fuck is this naked chick? Like, what the fuck is she just walking around? Like, it was just like, it was so, it was just really, really weird. And you know, the hating continues, too, because when he's out with, or when uh, Campbell's out with Amy, he explains his backstory about how he went out to Hollywood with some with his old girlfriend, and she screwed him over, ran up a bunch of charges on his credit cards, took all his money, and left him and went into porn, and he had to ask Bob for a bus ticket back, and I was trying to get back on his feet. She goes... You gave up respectability and a nice living to follow your dreams to Hollywood, huh? Like, like all shitty about it. Like, really? Really? Like, ugh, you went and followed your dreams? What a faggot. <laughs> and then, like, respectability and a nice living. How do you know what he had around here before he went to Hollywood? He didn't say anything about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And respectability. You gave up your respectability because you went to Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, uh, like that was oh, that was so shitty. And then Danny comes out with all her ball busting bullshit. You're such a loser, Campbell. Yeah, it was really, really, really odd. Her the Danny character. One thing I didn't get: what was with the under new management thing where the creep was hanging out across from the car wash or whatever? I don't know like, what that place what? was across from the car wash. I thought it was just nearby. I thought it was like right across because the one time he's he's looking through the window where the sign where he put up the sign that's under new management. And he can see Amy walking out of the car wash waiting for Campbell, like, looking for him when they're supposed to meet up right when she hmm. gets kidnapped. Like, I don't even understand that. Why, where did he put the under new management sign up at? Like, where was that even at? Like, yeah, why I was that know, even a thing? I don't even, didn't even if understand If he was right that. across the street, because at the end of the movie when he calls Campbell and tells him, meet me at blah, blah, blah in one hour, like, oh, okay, I need a lift. You don't need a lift to go across the street. I don't know. It was, it yeah, was weird. It was really weird. And the whole thing with the remote control van part, like, how did that even happen? Did I blink and I miss something? Where that guy got in the van and started driving it around? Oh, he was, he pulled up to some place and the guy was a valet. And he's just like, oh, okay. Like, why would you do that? Why would you pull up somewhere, just have a valet get in there and then kill him? And, like, he goes around the corner where you can't see him. How do you know it's safe to do that? How do you know you're not going <laughs> to lose or wreck your van? Oh, wait, you won't because it can plow through buildings and have no damage whatsoever. So you'll be fine, I guess. But uh, Well, like, he has a remote control for it, and he's, you know, remote controlling it around, and he kills the guy with killer airbags, which I thought an was An airbag full of nails. Why? How? <laughs> like, why, all right, you want to kill somebody, how? How do you get an airbag crammed into there with nails in it? How do you get it to reliably burst out? <laughs> but whatever. I thought it was hilarious. So, uh, and then the, the another weird part that I, it was funny, but it was kind of weird, was why everybody was so concerned about the 20, by the duffel bag. Before anybody knew what was in it, you know, before, I mean, there was 20 pounds of weed, apparently, in this duffel bag. And the two stupid stoners steal it when Campbell goes to put it in Lost and Found. Yeah, and everybody is so, um, um, like, just insanely, you know, concerned about Well, Amy's about just this. being such a, 
such a little pussy about it, like, oh, this guy's calling me and he's yelling at me and threatening me. Well, tell your boss, first of all, the guy that actually runs the place and not Campbell. And second, call the police. But you won't do that. She just puts it all on him. This is all your fault, even though you said you put it in Lost and Found in the store. Like, okay. Yeah, and this is what I mean. Like, she kind of like, hates him, but then she's up uh, banging him at the same time. Like, why are you bitching at him so much? And if you're because falling in love with him. Because bitches be cray, Corey. I guess bitches do be cray. Because, I mean, he he wants her pretty bad. He has a little fantasy about her early on in the film. and Yeah, and it's like not for for somebody who's supposed to be like, oh, a loser and all that. Like, it's a, it's a pretty respectable fantasy. It's not a sex fantasy. He's walking down the beach talking with her and, like, long-term plans and, like, possibly marriage and having kids. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And then she's just, uh... When, when he ends up... She could be a lot worse, but still... It, when he ends up meeting up with uh, Swami Ted in the behind the car wash to give him the bag of weed or tell him about the situation or whatever, why well, does... Well, he gets tricked into coming back there because he was getting threatening phone calls from the creep, and then he gets a call on his phone that sounds all threatening again and meet me behind the car wash in five minutes and so... But why does he save Swami Ted's life? The guy has a gun in your face. He's just a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't get it either, because even if he was going to do that, just like instinct, okay, whatever, we both get out of the way. And like it, they immediately have no thought to, oh, this guy tried to run us over, he might come back. Nope, we jumped out of the way, we're safe now. Yeah, and then Swami Ted's like, my so life is more important and more valuable than Bud. He's able to grab the gun <laughs> and get it on him. I don't know why he didn't go all Walter White on his ass and... Granted, he probably couldn't just kill him there because it didn't have a silencer, and, you know, if you're smart. I, uh, I guess, in, in except Det in this world where nobody gives a shit where all yeah. these other people die, Detroit. apparently. But realistically, I wouldn't have killed him right then either, but you just gotta be like, if I ever see or hear you coming around here again, I'm gonna fucking kill you, and I'm keeping this thing, and, you know. But no. He like, he, okay, well, don't come back and bug me again. Here's your gun back. Because he's not just gonna stand up and shoot you now. <laughs> yeah, it was really. I didn't understand why he saved his life. Why he didn't just kill him right there? He, why he? I don't know. I just thought that was really weird. The whole Swami Ted thing was just really, really bizarre. Well, I I appreciate that they went for bizarre. I just think they should have gotten some better use out of his character. Oh, definitely, end. definitely. Because like, oh, I need your help to stop this guy. I don't even have a problem that the creep killed him. But he, there should have been some kind of a fight where he could have been at least comically ineffectual against him. But no, they just have the creep sneak up behind him and kill him, and that's it. Like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, the boss, we, we briefly mentioned before, the boss named Mr. Kaufman, he was also a really weird, interesting individual. I really enjoyed his whole talk about the, uh, about Campbell getting laid. <laughs> yeah, like... You don't seem like you're doing so good, son. Like, I thought it was going to be like, I can tell you're stressed about something. Don't bring that attitude into here, blah, blah, blah. And instead, like, no, I want to make sure you're getting laid. <laughs> or else you won't be good lower management material. <laughs> and then he's giving him this whole spiel about Siagra, even more potent. And it works in like a minute. Oh, my God. And, like, earlier earlier in the movie, when he's sitting there waiting for the bus, he's reading a magazine called Streets of Detroit. Headline says, business theorized to get duller. And then off to the side, will Siagra give you that porn size and endurance you yearn for? Yes. And then, are drugs common at your workplace right before the guys <laughs> steal the weed? 
And not only does Cyan Grill, you know, help you get a boner, but it also makes your dick extremely big. Like, it's oh, also yeah. a growth hormone that, like, <laughs> makes your dick he- dick he- not only hard, but also way bigger than it already is. So I thought that was pretty funny. You know what? It doesn't go away. You just have a permanent hard-on for life. You're just ready to go anytime, anywhere. That's what Cyagra <laughs> does for you. We were talking before about Bob and uh, Danny about some of the weird stuff. I also thought that it was funny when Bob was in his Green Man little his Green Man outfit, and he was playing pool, but on that little tiny pool table. Yeah. Oh, that like <laughs> those shitty like drugstore toys your yeah. parents would get you for like two dollars, and you're a kid. Like, oh, here's a pool table. Kids have fun with it with like the spring loaded pool <laughs> yeah. stick thing, and like, yeah. oh, this is so fun. Oh my god. <laughs> That's when he's sitting inside the house. And I had some really interesting questions about Bob. He was in a green man costume quite a bit, and he wore a Mexican wrestling mask quite a bit. And he he, had tidy whiteys on over the green man And he also had on his wall a title belt. Yeah. It was like a a makeshift title belt. It said like something... Uh, well, I there was a right what it said, uh, big right banner down. thing on the wall behind it. It said May 5th, 1993. I couldn't read all of it. It said, like, Urban Commando and Anabolic Warrior, but it had a luchador mask on it. Yeah, and then so he had I, the paintings on the wall, too, with the luchador masks. So well, I'm I, assuming it was something to do with that, but he's too young to have been doing something like that back then. He must have just got it from somebody else somehow. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I but I assume maybe he was some sort of Mexican like he was a he was a wrestler he was some some sort of pro wrestler in some small indie circuit in Detroit or something or maybe he was just like you know, obsessed with that kind of thing I don't know maybe it was part of their sexual uh him being a sexual deviant or something I don't really know I really don't know what the deal was with the Mexican but it was all over the place so I thought maybe that was his occupation I did like their death Bob and Danny when they were having sex I thought that was pretty good the van just like fucking plows through the house and destroys <laughs> them. Their bodies just all over the place. I thought that was pretty, pretty good de- uh, death scene. One of the, as far I mean, the acting was what it was in this movie because it's a low budget, and I'm not going to really uh, fault it for that because you know, shit, you know, everybody's made their small little low budget stuff before, and these guys got enough to you know be on Netflix and whatnot. But the conversation that the the Campbell has with the police officer on the phone. Might be one of the worst phone conversations I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Just the way they were like, it didn't even sound like it was, like they were having the same conversation. No. It almost sounded like, it, I mean, I don't know, maybe they did that on purpose, or maybe they filmed one at one time, and they filmed one at another, and they didn't really know what the other one was going to say, or something like that. I don't... And they... Uh, it's like if you're a cop, you gotta tell somebody like, uh, "You gotta get down here. You gotta tell us your story." Dur, 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 instead of just like, "Wait, what happened, sir? I need you to come down." No, what happened? Fucking exercise some authority and take control of this shit instead of just going back and forth. It. You gotta give us our story. No, tell me what happened. No, you gotta yeah, give us your. No, tell me what happened. And then all the cop wanted to know was his name, and Campbell just kept saying, "Tell me what happened." All you had to say was, "Yes, I know. my name is Campbell." Yeah. <laughs> he's like is your name like what, why would that would occur to a normal person even if it is a cop oh i'm so and so i lived with him what happened is he okay no sir he's not okay like amy i gotta go like well what's going on amy bob is not okay <laughs> <laughs> why did the cop just tell me he's dead like they can't do that over the phone or something no uh, no because it 
I don't know yeah. if they think he had something to do with it, and they did. You don't want to tip your hand about yeah, what's going true. on. And it... but yeah, I just love he's he's just like Bob is not okay, and she's like, oh, let me tell Mister Kaufman we're gonna go, and instead of waiting for her, or, you know, or you know, because they she's already been worrying about her safety because of the threatening phone calls from the creep and from Swami Ted. So, you know, you think he would wait around for her or tell these FBI people who ever pull up, oh, you know, I got meeting somebody out here. Uh-huh. It'd be nice if she can come along or she's going to give me a ride or whatever else. Especially because she'd be his alibi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. She would definitely be 100% his alibi. You know, he just takes off with these two guys who I guess are FBI agents. And don't, really don't bother to identify themselves ever, which is, you know, not legal. They but... just pull up and go, you got to come with us. Like... I really thought it was going to be, like, either a trap or some kind of other weird, like, men in black thing. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then they never even show their conversation that he has with them. They just yeah, they just cut back. back. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> just don't leave town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, oh, we we missed a few things I wanted to mention um, when Danny was doing her cock blocking when he has Amy over. He's just being a bitch. He goes, I don't interrupt your 3 a.m. doghouse parties, do I? Yeah. <laughs> and then when the See, creep... more doghouse stuff. <laughs> when the creep calls to threaten Bob, saying that Campbell owes him money because of the van thing, supposedly, he's just like, no, no, fuck you, motherfucker. Well, why don't you come over here and do something? He's like, you know what? Why is it that whenever someone talks about fucking someone up, they always go with anal penetration? <laughs> so then, like, he, he bitches him out, hangs up, and he just goes, huh. Strange fella. Like, just back to, <laughs> oh, <dirt, dirt. laughs> And when they're about to go on their date, Campbell's gonna go with Amy to a movie, and she's just like, oh, I guess I'll have to take you. Like, really? Come on, what a bitch. <laughs> but, like, he goes, if you're gonna drag me to a chick flick, can we please make sure there's at least some sex? He's like, I mean, in the movie, not, no, no, no there definitely needs to be. Yeah, and she ends up inviting him inside, and that's when like, <laughs> Campbell <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when Bob and Danny get murdered, that's when the uh, Campbell's at Amy's house banging her brains out. Maybe they're uh, maybe she has a doghouse in her bedroom. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Maybe Rick Steiner was in there. <laughs> Welcome to the dog pound. <laughs> and maybe Chucky was in there too. <laughs> and what role is Chucky going to play in all this? Because, <laughs> you know, that was the infamous storyline with Rick Steiner and Chucky that we all remember from WCW. <laughs> and Rick Steiner clearly had no clue what the fuck was going on. I, I Totally off topic, but I highly recommend going on YouTube and typing in WCW Chucky and, uh, I mean, it kind of relates to this because it's B-movies. So you go on there, and it's at the time of a, right before Bride of Chucky came out, and they had Chucky on WCW World Championship Wrestling uh, Monday Night Nitro, and he starts to talk trash to Rick Steiner, and, <laughs> and, and, he, and he has some ideas about Scott Steiner's feud with him, and it's actually one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life, but it's definitely worth checking and out. And everybody takes it so seriously, and Tony Schiavone, this before a commercial break, and what role is Chucky going to play in all this? Yeah, so if you're, <laughs> Probably none, because he's a fucking puppet. If you're a fan of the Child's Play series or any of the Chucky movies, uh, I definitely recommend checking that out, because it's absolutely just off the wall, insane and weird. Towards the end of the movie, I was honestly sad to see some characters die. Yeah. Uh, Swami Ted being one of them, I thought he was ended up being hilarious. While being confusing in the beginning, I thought he was hilarious. 
his whole thing where he had all the the chicks in his pool and he's mm-hmm. you know this like big time drug dealer and whatever else. Uh, it's kind of sad to see him die. He got stabbed in the neck with an antenna, a car antenna. Because <laughs> that's a good stab. Mr. Kaufman weapon. died. He just got choked. I thought that was kind of oh man, why did that guy have to die? He didn't do anything. Yeah, like he, the creep obviously could have just let him go, or like you'd think the two stoners would have been out of there like a shot as soon. Oh, quitting time. Let's go blaze it up, bud. Yeah, those guys didn't die. No, they did. They were all three of them were dead. Were their bodies just? Yeah, their bodies are there. Campbell saw him. Oh. He saw Mr. Kaufman, then he turned around and saw one guy on the floor and another guy hanging behind him. Well, they didn't show their deaths, so I kind of maybe blinked and missed that. Uh, And the biggest biggest disappointment of all, and I was honestly like, no way, is at one point, Campbell's sneaking around the car wash, because that's where he has Amy uh, held captive. Oh, the garage. He was at the car wash where everybody was killed, and he went to the garage that the creep took over. Yeah. Titled Van's Garage. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's the garage where the people were at earlier in the movie. Yeah. Where the uh-huh. dread girl yeah. got killed. So, Campbell's sneaking around, and he has this crowbar, and he, he thinks he's, you know, you know, got the creep right where he wants him, and he goes, and I don't know who just goes around a corner and just stabs like, without looking or doing anything but he ends up killing amy and i was just completely devastated i was honestly like no what i definitely didn't see that coming i give uh major props to these guys who made this movie for that part of the ending as, as far as like the creep and there's not being a connection or whatever else you know well, that, it was, that was bothersome then, then he pops out and fights with campbell and he uh what does he do? He, no- he seems like he knocks him out or he knocks him down anyway. And he goes to get into the van. I don't know why. Then the creep comes at him through the window. Like, why? Like, he should have known the thing was that was booby trapped and that was dangerous. But he ends up hitting a button and the window comes and chops the creep and it chops his face off. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. But I was definitely shocked. But then, like, he stuffed a paper in his mouth during their fight. I thought it was going to be, like, a chloroform rag to try to knock him out. Yeah, which so did made I. Sense so did to, I. Like, do something and then frame him or whatever. But, like, he pulls the paper out and sees it was, like, a title transfer. The van's yours now. Like, it just happened. Like, see, at that point, then, I thought, like, is the van cursed? And, like, this is the only way to get rid of it to be free. <laughs> but then, like, no, because the cops just come and arrest him and pin everything on him. And he's in prison, just like, oh, guess I'm a loser again. And, like, they go, they like, they show them putting the van in an impound lot, too, and then they just shut the thing. And you hear, like, a sound like it's starting up, like, okay, is the van sentient? Is it going to take off and do something now? No, that's just the end. Yeah, uh, it was a really weird ending. I definitely was devastated that he killed Amy. I was like, oh, my God, no, I can't believe he did uh, that. She didn't seem like that nice of a girl, so it's no surprise that she died with a black pipe in her mouth. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, what I what my view on the ending was was this. I thought it maybe Campbell was gonna take off in the van before the police showed up, and that he was gonna become the yeah, new that, the new guy. That would have been. But then also he's in prison, and when he's in prison, everyone's yelling at him, and he doesn't have his usual like smile or sad face, like oh I'm bummed out, I'm a loser. He has a very angry face going. He has a very like he's very pissed off. So I feel like if they made Creep Van two. He breaks out of prison or gets out of prison and he becomes the new creep van guy. Because that's why it's in the impound lot, like waiting for him. <laughs> and like he's gonna break out of prison and he becomes the new creep van guy. In some way, if they made Creep Van 2, it'd be Campbell. And then there'd be a reason behind everything, I guess. I really don't know why he would just start killing people for whatever reason. 
Um, maybe he'll maybe go he around goes, and get all the people that screwed him over. His girlfriend that stuck him with all the debt, and uh, the the bitch that didn't want to have sex with him because he had all those condoms. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he'll go after the Creek Van guy's family. I don't know how he would find them, or if he, or if he does. Have. Not sure if a creep like that would have family, but okay. <laughs> he might have like a mother and father and some brothers and sisters and aunts he and probably and killed them all with his van. <laughs> he, he might have. Who knows? But it would have been neat, like you were saying. Like this is the only way to pass the curse on was by forging a title. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like he even tricked him to get to get him to sign yeah, it. Yeah, right. I mean? he never signed. And there anything. wasn't even a signature. It just said like Jeff Campbell or whatever. It was Cam- uh, Campbell is his first name. I don't remember yeah. his last name. Oh well, yeah, but it just said like Campbell blah blah blah. It just it, it was like in print. It wasn't even like a signature. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he didn't even get him. Like it would have been neat if he would have like. Oh, this came for you. you. Got to sign this, Campbell. This package came for you, or something. You know, and he just signs this thing, and it's the title of the. Well, band. they mentioned Danny was like, uh, "Did the mail come? Did you get any mail, or no?" Or maybe he says that to her, but like he, when he was looking through the van, like he had some of Campbell's mail that he stole from his house. So maybe he, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe there were parts that were a little slow. There were parts that kind of don't. I didn't quite enjoy it. Like. We were saying the whole thing with the creep. I don't... We know there was no motive. There was no... Like, the reveal of him at the end, when they finally showed his face, I was just like, okay, I don't... Yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah. Like, I thought there was... I, the way that it was built and the reason... Like, why didn't they just show his face the whole time then? Yeah. Like, what's the purpose? Why even show his face at the end then? Yeah. Because, like, at that point, if he has no relation to anybody, don't even bother showing his face at all. Have him wear a mask or a ski mask or... Just never show his face, like, at this point, you know? I just don't even understand why a reveal of what he looked like, because he, there was no reason. There was no reason, there was no, there was nothing. He had no relation to anything. That was the only, honestly, really the only problem I had with the movie. I just didn't quite, didn't quite understand the creep. Well, one of the best little bits I spied in the credits was, uh, the fat mechanic guy that got killed by the creep, his name was Bubba the Mechanic, and the guy that played him, his name was Eric Porn. <laughs> yeah, I see that now. That can't be a real well, name. Well, Mr. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be a real name. They call him out at the DMV at Porn? <laughs> License for Porn? <laughs> <laughs> Eric Porn, he's a makeup uh, effects guy. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of work on Teen Wolf. Uh, did the makeup effects for Creep Van. John dies at the end. Uh, Quarantine 2. Paranormal Activity 2. Oh, I love how people abbreviate John dies at the end as J-Date. And I thought it was like the Jewish dating site. Like, J-Date? What the hell is... Oh! John <laughs> dies at the end. Yeah, this guy's done a lot of work. A lot of uh, super bad. He did special effects work in. Vacancy. Uh, Pineapple Express. So he's worked with those guys quite a few times. Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. He worked on the wow. entire series, makeup uh, effects supervisor. So yeah, the guy does some legit shit. There's a lot more porn out in LA than we thought, huh? Eric, <laughs> Eric porn. He's he's not been in too many movies. Creep Van, Chrome Skull, Laid to Rest Two, <laughs> uh, Slam and Salmon. That was a <laughs> that was a um, Broken Lizards movie. The guys who did uh, Super oh, Troopers okay. and stuff. Yeah, so he really hasn't been in a whole lot, but as as far as acting goes. But he's definitely done a lot of, uh, you know, makeup effects work, which is pretty awesome. Eric Porn. 
That's kind of, I wonder if he made, chose that name for himself or what? That's kind of a weird name to have. At one time you can get into porn and not get blacklisted in the rest of Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, there's some people obviously that are going to hate on this movie that don't really get that it's trying to, that it's supposed to be silly and goofy. And I mean, this person's right here on IMDb saying that this film's not worth it. It's, it's not even worth a dollar to rent it and shit like that. I really don't feel like that, that way about it. I feel like if I went to the video store and it was, you know, like a buck or something like that, I, you know, if I came across the movie, Creep Van, just the title alone piqued my attention. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's one reason that we we covered it alone, just because of the, the name of the movie and the concept. I thought it was pretty fun. But it ended up being, you know, a halfway decent movie and kind of, like I said, like, trashy Detroit jigsaw. <laughs> but less elaborate and more just, okay, this is a van and I have gadgets and stuff inside here that can and I don't even understand how some of them even worked. Like, oh no, but like, that's that's the magic. Like of the Hollywood. stabbing through the guy, the who is the um the biker guy. The thing just stabbed him through the seat. Like I right, yeah. I guess now there's just a hole in the seat. <laughs> I you got a hole in your seat. Are you just happy to see me? <laughs> well, if it was that guy, I wouldn't be so happy to see him. I'd be like, oh, you're uh, just gonna talk my fucking ear off right now, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe we should have him show up in next week's movie. <laughs> and bug Kirk Cameron. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, speaking of that, next week, our movie is going to be the 2008 film Fireproof. It's a little little bit of a change for us around here. Usually we're doing some sci-fi, some horror. We've done some comedies and stuff, but they've been more of the more, more B-movie-ish type of thing. I mean, this movie is... I guess you could say it is a B movie, and it, it was only released in some theaters. I know some Christian groups and stuff were able to rent out theaters and stuff with this movie when it came out. Oh, uh, if you have it, to rent out theaters to get it in the theater, <laughs> you can rest assured it's not going to be good. Yeah, well, it's a it's a movie starring Kirk Cameron, Cameron from Growing Pains fame, and uh, re- more recently he's you know big time uh, Christian nutball. <laughs> yes, is the only way to ex- uh, explain. His stance nowadays, but more famously from the uh, Growing Pains TV series. He plays a dedicated firefighter whose marriage has taken a severe turn for the worse and is about to end in divorce. Just when hope seems to be running out, his Christian father intervenes in this inspirational drama. <laughs> uh, Their marriage is being torn apart because he watches porn sometimes. I don't even think that he's addicted necessarily, but just the mere fact that he's watching porn yeah, I, is ruining that marriage. I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the Left Behind series with him, and that's probably more... I have more, seen some clips from this movie, I have though. seen clips from this movie, so if you go on YouTube, and you if you don't want to watch this whole movie, it's completely understandable. It is two hours. It is two hours. I'm sure it's going to be is, a god-awful two This is a r- romantic Christian drama. <laughs> Oh my god, that needs to be a thing. Just like in the bookstores now, they have entire sections of teen paranormal romance. <laughs> romantic Christian... What did you say? A romantic Christian drama. Yes, romantic Christian drama. <laughs> we need more of those. So I like how it says, uh, average person who... Average rating out of all the... Like a million ratings was 4.1 stars. But the best guess for me is 2.4. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so... I, yeah, Even some of the Christians on here in their reviews can see that the acting is not good, but the message is, so I suffered through it or watch it anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, if you if you want to see bits and pieces of this movie, go on YouTube and just type in 
like fireproof moments or scenes or something like that. And you'll de- you'll be able to see some ridiculous. That's <laughs> how I I had heard about the movie when it came out, and I didn't really like you know I didn't really care whatever Kirk Cameron and his agenda nowadays. So, but then I had seen the YouTube uh, clips of the movie. These little like things somebody put together, and it is absolutely insane. It is it is just insane. I can't believe well, this movie. Character also has anger issues apparently. Oh yeah. And he oh yeah. Feels the need to take it out in his trash cans quite frequently. Yeah. So this it'll be interesting to watch. You know, Fireproof from two thousand eight, starring Kirk Cameron. For some reason, I thought he directed this movie, but he did not. I don't know why. I thought he did. Maybe because of the Christian elements. I, I thought you were I don't know why he didn't direct this masterpiece. My <laughs> God. Get on it, Kirk. It ended up making $33 million in box office. That's revenue. surprising. Yeah, $33 million. I so. wonder if they just had uh, lots of fanatics flood it just to try to, you know, make it a thing. Kind of like how uh, L. Ron Hubbard's Scientology freaks would do, like, the mass book buying to put him on the bestseller list, even though nobody was really buying it, and, like, recycling the same copies over, giving them back to the publisher so they could sell them again. And... It's now in the top six grossing Christian films of all time. <laughs> Fireproof. Kirk Cameron. Well, at least we're getting the cream of the crop and not, you know, the the bottom of the barrel, like the, the B-movie Christian selection here. <laughs> oh, I think this is B-movie. It's also also from the from the creators of Facing the Giants. I've never seen that movie. I don't know what it is. So there we go. Kirk Cameron, Aaron Bethea, Ken Bevel in Fireproof from 2008. Uh, like I said, if you don't really want to watch the whole movie because it is long and I'm sure it's insane. Long and hard. Long, long and, and hard. Long and hard. Yep, long and hard, just like Kirk Cameron's cock for porn <laughs> when he's watching that porno. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So the, like, that'll be next week's movie, Fireproof from two thousand eight. So it's a, it's a firefighter movie. I wonder if he's into the cuck movies. <laughs> <laughs> Her Cameron wants to watch guys get cuckled. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Here comes the black guy. <laughs> that maybe that's why his wife was so upset. She's uh, she's very. You know, set in her ways, very Christian, very racist. Yeah. Like, oh, what? You want me to get fucked by a black guy now? That's your thing? You want me to get fucked by a black guy? Tell Jerome, Tyrone, and Deshaun to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, next week will be Fireproof from 2008. Our movie this week was the absolutely ridiculous Creep Van. Uh, I'd say re- I'd recommend it as far as a B-movie horror, uh, newer type of thing. Uh, give it some love. You know, and we always want to give love to smaller movies like this and FDR, American Badass, and Pool Boy. Movie, all movies like that. You know, show them a little love uh, every now and then. Well, uh, like I said, you can find us at bnbpodcast dot com. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Uh, you can download MP three s from our website and give us suggestions at our email or on Twitter at BMB Podcast. So uh, for the B Movie Breakdown, I'm Corey. I'm DRC, and. Here we go again. It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown.